0: Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, great to have you with us today on this Wednesday. Brian Triple will join us on the show today. Devin Stills on the show tomorrow. And, um,. Matt, by the way, is out today. He's out the rest of the week. Um, Football season, but he thought he'd take off. Um, That's all right. Uh, So, no words. Um, The um, home run chase by Aaron Judge remarkable comeback last night although the ruling I guess the ruling came down today I don't know if you guys heard it but I guess because it was the pirates it doesn't count no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um but it was a great moment and now what's going to happen we'll see how it plays out so he's at 60 now tied with Ruth. Obviously, the next one ties Maris, and the one after that breaks the American League record and the Yankee record all at the same time. Ironically, the only part of the game I watched last night, I tuned in. Then, be honest with you, I was just just I kind of you know I'd already done a lot of work on the Central Michigan game, like not a little, but a lot. And the practice ran until about, I don't know, 7.30 last night. So I came home, ate dinner, watched TV for a little bit, and really hadn't really thought about the Yankee-Pirate game being on. Until I'm flipping through and I'm like, oh, Yankees and the Pirates. Eh, You know what? Let's see what's going on here. And I looked at my phone and it turned out the Pirates at the end of 8 were winning 8-4. to So I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll just tune in and watch the top of the ninth. I'm watching the top of the ninth, and the Pirates go down in order, but then they point out that Aaron Judge is going to be leading off in the bottom of the ninth inning. I thought, you know what? And I knew already Judge was 0 for 3 in the game or something like that. I thought, you know what, I'll watch this. You we know, see his at-bat, see what goes on here. And of course, he takes the pitch. I think it was a three-one pitch, and I'm talking about it. You talk about an absolute no doubter. Wow, way into the left field seats. And of course, you know they want him to come out and do a curtain call. But they're now losing eight to five. So you kind of like because I mean the judge's reputation is that of a really good guy great clubhouse guy great team guy and it's not about him and they're losing 8-5 I think if it was reversed and it made the score 8-5 to Yankees, they say it was the 7th inning I think it would have been more of a celebration, but it's 8-5 so it kind of just comes out tips it goes back in, then everything keeps unfolding and then Jacarlo Stanton hits the walk off Grand Slam, and they win 9-8. <clears throat> and we don't know how the week plays out, but I can tell you TV-wise, if you want to see anything, this is how it plays out. Tonight, the game is on both the Pirates TV network and yes. Tomorrow's game is on Fox. Hmm. Wow And Adam Amin uh, Who's been on this show many times And John Smoltz and Kenny Rosenthal Will do the game That's on Fox Here comes the fly in the ointment Thursday night's game Is on Apple TV Plus It is not on Yes It is not On Nesson it's only on Apple TV Plus. It's not on MLB Network. Now Apple TV Plus I believe for the games is actually free if you want to watch the stream. It's not a great broadcast. I'll just tell you ahead of time. You look at Amazon, you look at Prime Video and what they do with the NFL on Thursday night. Fabulous broadcast, 29 cameras, two sky cams, Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreit, Um, terrific broadcast so just because it's streaming doesn't mean it can't be terrific Amazon Prime Video terrific broadcast I'd like maybe a little more they kept talking about how great the crowd is maybe a little more crowd noise put in there but that's a, a tiny point Apple TV Plus not a good broadcast And we'll see how it plays out, but here's Major League Baseball. You finally get something in the regular season in September, where football is king. Tomorrow night, you got the Steelers and the Browns on Prime Video. Tomorrow night in college football, you've got West Virginia and Virginia Tech. And you're competing with that all the time. You finally have a moment that a lot of casual sports fans would really like to see. And you got and they're, they're not changing. Now it may pan out, works out great where he hits one tonight or two tonight, or it, he hits the record breaker tomorrow on Fox. It may work out perfectly. Or it may work out where it's on Apple TV Plus, really, and they're not going to move it. Ten billion dollar industry, and these are the decisions that are made, really. Now Saturday will be on Yes and MLB Network, and that would be on MLB Network. By the way, be Bob Costas and Penn State's Tom Verducci, and I think Kenny Rosenthal's working with that on that one too. And then Sunday is ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. The fly in the ointment's Friday, and they refuse to move it. They refuse to change the broadcast schedule. It may work out. Monday Night Baseball, Kirk Gowdy on hand, April eighth, nineteen what seventy four. Hank Aaron hits number seven fifteen. I'm watching. The whole country watched it. Phenomenal, great moment. Cal Ripken Jr. breaks Lou Gehrig's consecutive game record. Twenty-one thirty 2130 to twenty-one thirty-one. ESPN has it. Chris Berman doing the game. Right. The entire country got to watch it. Now, it may happen tomorrow night where the entire country gets to watch it, so you'll luck into it. Or you end up with Apple TV Plus on Friday and he breaks it.
1: Really? Really?
0: $10 billion industry. and These are the decisions that are made. Again, they may completely luck out. It could be tonight where he hits one to tie tonight, maybe two, breaks it, or he could do it tomorrow night on Fox. And then baseball's like, okay, everything's all good. But that is, that's the roll of the dice here. But baseball finally has something in September, in the regular season, that people want to watch. Now, it's interesting. The TV ratings came out for college football over the weekend. The number one game, again, was Penn State. Penn State and Auburn drew 4.1 million viewers. It was, by a wide margin, the most viewed game of the weekend. nebraska Oklahoma was next at 3.4 million. Judge's home run last night drew 675,000 viewers in New York, which is great. But again, it shows you the power of college football. 4.1 million viewers on a Saturday afternoon. Not primetime, but on a Saturday afternoon. And that's the power, again, of college football. That 4 million threshold, where last year there were 41 games of 4 million or better, and Penn State had six of those 41 they get this one on Saturday of 4.1 million with Penn State and Auburn. Now you got two great brands head to head. Great. Uh, that makes a difference, but it wasn't also, It also wasn't prime time. Now Pitt, for example, talking about Judge 695,000 viewers last night. Pitt played Western Michigan, right? 195,000 viewers, really. 195, really. Uh, Georgia drew well Again, this is all about brands Georgia drew well um, Let's see Texas A&M and Miami did pretty well I think they were right around 3 million But Penn State Auburn was number one for the weekend 4.1 million viewers Brian Tripp's going to join us in the next half hour. It's great to have you with us today, brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory, all with great warranties. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee, which is so important. And you need to back it up with a great service department. And they have that. In fact, when you have a 107-year-old dealership, you've earned a lot of trust with your product and also with your service department. And they're getting more business than ever. And they are looking for more technicians to go with the great ones they already have. So whether it's experienced, an entry-level technician looking for the first job, or someone looking for a career change, they would love to hear from you. Stop by in person, apply online at sunburymotors.com, or call Todd at 286 Ryan Tripp, next half hour, we'll talk Penn State football with him. Devin's still on the show tomorrow. Uh, Robert Sarver, under fire in the NBA, has announced he's starting the process to sell both the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury. Among the findings of the investigation, the league found that Sarver used words on several occasions when retelling comments that should not be used made sex-related comments about female employees, created a work environment that was inequitable toward female employees. The Sarver's announcement, he intends on selling his 35% ownership stake in the Suns. There's going to be a lot of people going after this. Remember, he purchased the Suns from Jerry Colangelo in April 2004. The price tag then, now this is 2004, 18 years ago, was a then NBA record four hundred and one million. Right now the Suns are valued at one point eight billion, which is actually only eighteenth in the league. The Minnesota Timberwolves just sold for one point five billion. They think the Suns, especially in that market, will surpass that $1.5 billion with ease. I wouldn't doubt they get near the two billion mark. And they're a fun franchise that just went to the NBA Finals in 2021. They had the best record in the NBA in the regular season last year. They have a lot of talent. But after a lot of external pressure, he has put both the Suns and the Mercury, he owns both, up for sale. So we'll see how that ends up playing out. We talked about Aaron Judge already. And, of course, Penn State football coming up on Saturday with Central Michigan. We'll talk with Brian about his perspective from the sideline in the Auburn game and also maybe touch on a little hockey because they're about to get rolling. In fact, believe it or not, the Penn State women's ice hockey team, I think the women's team starts their season tomorrow night. Amazing. And the women's soccer team at Penn State, big one with, tomorrow with Rutgers. Last night, the men's soccer team Three all draw in College Park with ninth ring Maryland. Jeff Cook is going to be the first guest on tomorrow night's coaches show, followed by James Franklin tomorrow night from the field at Top Trees, and of course we'll air live here on News Radio ten seventy WKOK from six oh five to seven tomorrow night. Tomorrow we'll have our high school roundtable tomorrow, and Devin Still is going to join us on the show tomorrow. So plenty going on there. Uh, but that's what's uh, at least happening in general in sports. And the Bucks have, uh, with a couple of receivers out, they signed Cole Beasley today to a contract and made that move. And the Kansas City Royals made a move. Uh, they have fired their longtime general manager, Dayton Moore, who, to his credit, when they were a 100 game loser, he got them to two World Series personnel wise, including the 2015 championship, and then they fell back, obviously, into mediocrity. <clears throat> and the Royals owner, John Sherman, retained more when he picked up the club from David Glass in 2019. Right now, the Royals are 59 and 89. They had a game tonight with the Twins. Brian Tripp, next half hour, we'll talk Penn State football, a little ice hockey with him as well. This afternoon, the Nationals lead the Braves 3-2, bottom of the ninth in Atlanta. Mets and the Brewers scoreless top of the fifth in Wisconsin. Phillies play Toronto tonight, trying to break out of a slump. Pirates and Yankees tonight. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, K Routes Eleven and Fifteen, Elms Wharf, Online, SunburyMotors.com, and News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors Guarantee, which is so important in a great service department that is churning out the work. And in doing it, they need more technicians. So you can show up yourself, you can apply online at sunburymotors.com, or you can give Todd a call, and that would be at 286-7746. two eight six seventy seven forty six. 286 So, again, you can do that. So that would be, again... At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Keyer, 11 and 15, Hummelsworth. Online at sunburymotors.com. Brian Tripp in a moment. And Brian Tripp, of course, not only hockey, baseball, but is on the sidelines for us every game, was on the sidelines Saturday down at Jordan-Hare Stadium, and he joins us now. Brian, great to have you with us. Always a pleasure, my friend.
1: Steve, Steve great, great to, be to be with you. With you. Looking, Looking forward, forward to Saturday. Saturday. like another perfect day for sideline reporting.
0: Yes, look, the weather looks great. Uh, so you're down on the field, and just so everybody understands, like a lot of SEC places, and, and it's not just Georgia has the hedges. Alabama does, Auburn does. It creates enough of a separator. Brian, you were down there. How important was that separator to keep the, the players away from, you know, the crowd noise and Auburn fans? What do you think that meant?
1: Yeah, I think it was actually pretty crucial because I thought that venue was as loud as any that that we've been to or that I've been to, Uh, especially at the start of the game and after Auburn went down and and took the 3-0 lead and their defense came back on the field. I mean, that place was loud, but it didn't have, and this is just my humble opinion, did not have the intimidation factor that a Beaver Stadium or Kinnick or Michigan State would have because the stands were so far away from the field. Not only was the bench area extremely wide, then you had that one row of hedges as you were talking about, yeah. another little brass pathway behind that row of hedges, then more hedges behind that. So the stand sloped all the way down to essentially field level where you could just walk two steps out and you were at ground level. But they were way way back away from the field yeah. you know there was room in a lot of old stadiums i'm not sure this was the case there but in a lot of old stadiums you had like the old track that you'd loop around the inside like beaver stadium used to i believe way back in the day um there was room for that and then some there so that that was kind of the sense i do think it at least gave you even though it was loud the ability to breathe and communicate on the sidelines Uh, especially in the beginning of that football
0: game. Yeah, in fact, I think I made the reference of it's not quite the foul territory of the Oakland Coliseum, but a lot of room between the sideline and the stands. Uh, So you're down there watching this play out and getting their reactions as to how it's playing out. What did you see on that bench as they watched how this played out?
1: Yeah, I thought they were very businesslike, very much in tune with uh, the offense supporting the defense, defense supporting the offense. And I thought the senior leadership was huge. I know we talked about it on the broadcast, but when Penn State's defense was able to come up with a stop in the red zone the first time, P.J. for making that play on first down, then Sean Clifford was out there saluting him. And when the offense went on the field, it was P.J. for talking to the offense before they went on the field. So I thought the senior leadership was really – we talk so much about the youth that's been injected – into the football team and what it's meant not only for the depth, but obviously the playmaking from Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen, the list goes on, Abdul Carter. Um, But to see the value of the seniors in big spots, the leaders, the upperclassmen on the team, I think that was something that you probably couldn't pick up if you are just watching the TV broadcast, how invaluable that really was to the team. So that, from a reaction standpoint, that was the number one thing that stood out. The number two thing that stood out to me being on the field, and you hear this all the time, where you're going to have a Big Ten team take on an SEC team, was the physicality of the game. Obviously, it was evident to anyone watching with some of the big hits early, particularly the one Sean Clifford took, got right back up, uh, and I think even did a quarterback sneak on the right play, on the next play, even though it was not successful. But I thought you could feel that there was a speed of physicality uh, to that game. And as that game went on, there was one team that was dominating that category, and that was Penn State, particularly in the trenches. And to me, that was my top takeaway, their ability to go in there, play a physical game, and to dominate it in the trenches with that physicality. I think in in a lot of ways, they answered, again, it's only week three. But you started to get some answers to perhaps what the ceiling for that offensive line could be, just the way they played, not only the success they had, but the way they went about their business with that tenacity tenacity and almost a little bit of a nastiness to it, which is good.
0: The sequence you referenced is where Penn State went for it on fourth down, didn't get it. The defense only gave up a field goal after that. What sense did you get on the sideline as to how important that moment was?
1: Yeah, I think there were a couple plays where in that first half, look, Penn State missed for as well as they played. Yeah, They missed a couple of opportunities in the first half where they had turnovers and didn't capitalize and get touchdowns off turnovers, where they could open things up, particularly that sequence at the end of the opening half. But I thought there were plays in that half, particularly in that environment. And I think the sequence that we're referencing here probably of top priority and importance where in that environment, things could start to tilt, start to snowball. Do I think they would have because of the the leadership that Penn State has and their ability to respond to any type of adversity? I don't think they would have, but those plays in that environment, it kept the crowd from really getting revved up to another level, and then their response was so, so important to that. So I, I think that's a great observation, but I think that was key just because the environment factor as well and you're not playing catch-up the whole game, then what we talked about, obviously, is when you're not playing catch-up, yeah. especially if you're playing ahead, they lose that element of run to football, and, and they got uncomfortable with what they wanted to do offensively.
0: As you watch the two running backs from field level, Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen, what ran through your mind?
1: File <laughs> um, wow, he's fast for Nicholas Singleton. That's yeah. the first thing that runs through mm-hmm. your mind when he goes blowing by you every single time. His burst is incredible. When he hits the hole, he's got another gear. Um, And to see Katron Allen, particularly on his touchdown run, he he almost goes into a pack and then all of a sudden, oh, here he comes. He found the hole, his vision. You can obviously see it watching on TV, but to see it from field level, just how little space or, or how quick things happen and his ability to diagnose that and make the jump cut, make a guy miss and find where he's supposed to go with the football um that was really really impressive but i think it's not cliche to say it. it's not just overstating the obvious uh, both of them have an incredible skill set singleton can absolutely fly and he hits the hole it's it just not a knock on anybody else it is just a different year and he is a special special player
0: manny diaz James Franklin and Manny Diaz in conjunction have been emphasizing take away, take away, take away they got four what did you see from that defense as to how they attacked
1: yeah I think it's the thing that we've seen since training camp opened up that they're going to try to get their hands on every ball possible they're going to play through the whistle and they're going to play physical the idea that they're going to ball hunt and find how they can make a big play or two or three or four, in this case, to swing a football game. I think it's just their mentality out there. I think the mentality starts on the sideline with their defensive coordinator, Manny Diaz. He is fiery. He is tenacious. Uh, When something big happens, he is the first one to run up and do a chest bump with another guy and fly in the air. I think it all starts. Uh, right there with what both he and, as you said, James Franklin, what they have preached as a defensive staff and a defensive identity. Um, But this is a defense that has that mentality that we're going to play from the second that ball is snapped until the whistle blows to end that play. And the mindset is, how can you get after the quarterback? How can you create big plays? And what can you do to get your hands on that football and that's evident, and it starts right with their defensive coordinator on the sideline with his personality. They really do mirror his personality, um, and that is particularly impressive. And anyone who's been around him knows that it's a, it's a very fun personality to be around as well.
0: Everyone will talk about Southern speed, SEC speed. Uh, it, it was obvious who the – the team with the speed was. It was Penn State on both sides of the ball. What was it like to watch that play out?
1: Well, for anyone wearing blue and white, it was exciting. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I think I don't want to go too far just based on one game, but you really felt like after seeing Penn State play Purdue, play Ohio, um, what we've been able to see from the team when we've had opportunities to watch them, Steve, is that We had a suspicion of what their potential could be and how much talent there was. And look, I know Auburn isn't the preseason favorite in the SEC by any stretch. But you know what kind of talent those rosters have. To see Penn State's potential come to fruition and see a glimpse of what they can be and how they stack up against a roster like Auburn with that quote-unquote SEC and Southern speed on it I think it really really was I'm not sure if the right word you know gratifying not the right word um but it was it was encouraging to see and it's probably more than that but there, it was. I, nice I think to I think be able it, to see that one. Uh, it verified the, word, the it, word I'm looking for is it, escaping it, me. It, it, ver- yeah.
0: it verified what we thought yeah, in terms of the, the speed. Word. That you're is right. the
1: word. Yep, yep. verified. <clears throat> Completely
0: agree. Yep. Uh, hockey's about to get going, Brian. Uh, I know you're excited about that. Uh, so, give us just a quick primer on you know what kind of depth guy has with this team to negotiate a long season.
1: Well, I think that's the biggest thing, the depth that they have this year. Forwards defensively, they are going to have guys that, number one, are going to push each other every single day on the ice to earn those spots. It also gives them the flexibility to do some different things with their lineup. And in this conference, you need four lines, you need three pairings when you're at your best. And the team that won the Big Ten regular season, you know they're playing with a fourth line that had – Connor McMenamin and Connor McEachern on it and you had Nikita Pavlicev as a checking line like that team was so so deep I think there's a lot of elements to this year's team now going I'm not trying to compare them to that team but when you look at what depth is needed to succeed in this conference and to succeed on a national level I really believe that is there where all the scoring isn't necessarily going to come from one line and you have Guys with different skill sets who can complement each other up and down the lineup. So I think that's really encouraging to see. And they have it in spades with experience uh, to return Connor McHeckbren, Connor McMenamin, Kevin Wall, the list goes on and on. Tyler Grattan and Tyler Forget were double digit goal scorers last year. Then to add an influx uh, of young talent, both at forward and on the back end, plus two guys who've been around, Ashton Calder and Torah Linden, who are bona fide scorers all of a sudden a roster that had talent last year and really improved as the year goes on you get those reinforcements and the experience back uh, i know they were picked that came out today they were picked six in the big 10 preseason poll i was shocked to see that but it's a preseason poll that's all it is i think they have a the chance to have a really really good season this year and a year where you don't want to go in placing unlofty expectations on it but they could they could really achieve something special I think that's the feeling around the program right
0: now You know how I feel about the preseason stuff yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel the same like, way oh, Like whoop-de-doo <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I know you're trying to do a story I got it, it's a way of getting publicity out there I got it, but it means zero uh, How do yeah. you feel about goal going into this?
1: I feel like if Liam Soulier can play the way he did down the stretch last year,
0: and, he played well. and
1: then take that offseason to continue to improve another year of experience, go into it knowing that there's a good chance you're the guy to start the year, take it and run with it, be confident. If he can be that goaltender that he was at the end of last year and continue to improve his game, I feel good about that goaltending situation. And to be honest, I really like the rest of their team, the other – 18 guys that are going to be on the ice during games yeah. so much that sometimes the best defense can be a great offense, and I really feel like the pieces are there for them to have the type of offense that Guy and his staff are accustomed to having and expect to have on a year-in-year-out basis.
0: Yeah, it's uh, they play such an exciting brand of hockey. I mean, that's that's what's so great about. It. But hockey is so odd in that they they do a lot of work. And away from the coaches. They get like a week of preseason. How okay, can play? I mean it's you know, Now look, they're used to doing it. I understand it, but mm-hmm. it sure is a different way of doing it.
1: Yeah, and it's a long season. I mean, I, you're starting, yeah. I, I don't think people realize the women's hockey team starts tomorrow. <laughs> That's I know. their regular yep. season opener is tomorrow, tomorrow against Wisconsin. And they'll play to the second to last week of March, which yep. you know, it is a it is a long year. There's no doubt about that.
0: Always a pleasure, my friend. Great work, as always.
1: Thank you. Thank you for being a good teammate and helping me find that word verified as well. <laughs> or valid. I don't even validated Whatever word we came up
0: with. <laughs> Thanks so much, Brian.
1: See you.
0: The outstanding Brian Tripp. We'll come back with more in a moment. It's interesting, the Wilner Calzano podcast and the Pac-12 came out. And they do a great job with it. And they had George Kliavkoff on, and he made a ridiculous statement about UCLA, but other some some other interesting statements as well. Uh, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that in the next half hour. Right. UCLA may be rethinking. UCLA is not rethinking anything at all. <laughs> it's going to be too expensive for them to go. No, they're not rethinking it. Okay. They are now in a different financial neighborhood with the Big Ten TV deal. Okay? George, don't say such things. No. UCLA will be in the Big Ten in 2024. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. So let's get to the land of absurdity here. And that is George Klyovkov. In his interview, where some parts were made total sense, and the other part dealt with UCLA, and again, there there is some thought. the you, The system's general counsel indicated the regions have the authority to overturn UCLA's decision. That's not my understanding. My understanding is that it's an athletic department decision, and they can make it. Okay. They're concerned over the increased travel for the Bruins. The biggest part is they're worried about the negative financial impact on Cal Berkeley. They don't really care about the travel for the Bruins. Take my word. But UCLA ran up a $62.5 million deficit last year. They're going to get double the TV money to go to the Big Ten. They aren't going in. They're going to the conference. Big Ten. It's crazy. I mean, it, there's a lot more to unpack here.